Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, with real estate investing, we talk a lot about price. We talk a little bit about inventory or supply, but I think the missing element is the other side of the supply demand equation, and that is demand. So we have the one and only Lance Lambert from Fortune who does everything housing, housing, housing. We got to talk about the demand side. How you doing, Lance? Yeah, two sides to every market, supply and demand. So let's talk about demand this week. Yep. So I see you sent out again, you have a great Twitter page. Uh, please tell people what that is. But you basically asked a question that I asked my audience on Monday about what are you guys seeing with demand? Are open houses going? Are mortgage apps up? So what, what is going on? Because me in my little world, I saw a noticeable change. But uh, you have your fingerprints on a lot of the country and great relationships. So for what the heck's going on with demand? Yeah, so I think there's two things with demand. Uh, the first being that we have moved in a little closer to the spring season. And so there's sure. that seasonality effect. You know, the market's starting to come alive a little more. People are starting to list their homes or not list them. Uh, and then also uh, some buyers are starting to kind of dabble in and see what's available as we kind of move into those bigger months of April, May, June. Um, that's one side. Then there's the other side, which is the fact that the way up as mortgage rates move up, there's a mortgage rate shock, right? You know, not only is it making um, those monthly down, those monthly payments higher and the down payments higher, it's also, uh, um, well, not the down payments, but the monthly payments higher. It's also, um, you know, getting a lot of people to where they don't have eligibility anymore, right? Yeah. So the exactly. number of people who could no longer afford a $400,000 mortgage fell by not a number in the millions, in the tens of millions, as right. mortgage rates got up to 7%. But that's the way up. On the way down, it's actually depressurizing affordability and making affordability much more affordable and unlocking those people to have eligibility again. So there were some people in the latter half of last year who were planning to buy a home or even had one going under contract with a builder, and they couldn't go through with it because they lost mortgage eligibility as mortgage rates got to 7%. And so now that we've seen financial conditions loosen, that mortgage rate come down to six is the average, although a lot of people are getting them with five handles. Yeah, uh, FHA is five and a half. Yep. Go, you got to shop around a little bit uh, and depending on the product um, and also if you're getting a rate buy down. And so we've seen affordability come down from the highs of the mortgage rate shock. And historically, when you've kind of hit that high for a mortgage rate shock, um, you usually aren't moving back towards it. And so, you know, and, you know, the fact that inflation's come down off of its high, uh, you would hope that mortgage rates have gone down as well. And so the premise here uh, that I've worked with, with a framework from a lot of analysts for this cycle has been this order. 
Inflation should peak first. Mortgage rates peak second. Housing demand peaks bottoms third. Then permits and uh, starts bottom and then prices bottom. Now the price one gets to be, a, that's where there's a lot more debate because we've had cycles like 1981 where there wasn't necessarily a bottom because prices never really fell. Yeah, uh, and that's what I, as you know, just sorry to cut you off. That's that's where I anchor, right? I have this 52-year spreadsheet, which I've shared with you once. My thesis has very much been, we're going to repeat 1981, which meant, you know, a 40% crash in transactions. That's why I called that nine months ago. I am now calling, I don't know if you've heard this, tomorrow's report of existing home sales will be the one time we see below 4 million annualized transactions. Um, yeah. So again, I'm not calling for an explosion, but we won't be below 4 million the rest of 2023. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so let's say demand has dropped, right? Okay. We, we bounced off the bottom for demand. It's sure. still possible in some of these uh, monthly uh, readings of things, not necessarily saying that metric, but some of them could continue to bottom, right? Sure. Uh, but, and again, a bottom to me doesn't mean V-shape or going to the moon, right? To yeah. use a letter for me, I'm I I have a big L. We're we're at the bottom, and it's just a long, you know, slog. Yeah, that's I, I, to be clear. What I'm calling it's it's not a fun year, but it, the crash is over. Yeah, the well, what we do know a hundred percent for certain is the free fall in demand has stopped. Right, that has stopped. Now, which you could kind of classify as the trough in of itself. Uh, but yeah, we kind of need to see a little more necessarily. But I, you know, uh, there's definitely a growing chorus there that thinks that demand his his trough. And for a lot of the uh, financial type people, analysts, the reason they even have housing calls at all is because they believe it's going to be predictive for the economy and the stock market. Correct. Rate hiking cycle usually when demand for housing is troughed and then permits trough, you the the stock market should already be like near yeah. at its bottom, and you kind of know if it's a soft landing or a hard landing for the economy in general. Um, and you know that brings up another point. I've never been a fan of soft landing, hard landing talk for the housing market because this early last year the Fed decided it was going to push the housing market into a recession, into a housing transaction free fall. Um, so soft landing, hard landing never really made a lot of sense for housing because, you know. No, I've, I've been very clear. Uh, you know, I use I use crazy words like housing's in a depression. It may pull and it may pull the economy into a recession. What's a depression? 40 percent crash in transactions. Builders, you know, going down 30, 40 percent. Cancellation rates at 60. I mean, I think housing. Housing was a target. It's the most levered business, right? It uses debt, thirty-year debt. Uh, yeah. So the Fed came after it, but we're here now. We're we're again. I'm calling. You don't make these calls, but I enjoy making them. Uh, the report we have tomorrow at three point. I'm calling three point nine eight seven. Uh, will be the trough in transactions. We're not going up crazy high. I think I think the peak next year is you know four point three, four point four. So not crazy high. No no V shape. Uh, but back to demand, which is the topic here. The other thing that I don't think you highlighted, which I think warrants a discussion, is consumer psychology. Yes. 
Yep. All of last year, when you were a buyer, first time or investor, you knew that interest rates were low before, right? Oh, I missed three. I missed four. That's why my I have two one two top one percent agents on my channel every week, and they told me the first time rates broke six, I think that was in August, the market stopped. Mm. Then the market came back, and transactions kind of completed. And then we went to seven and a quarter. It was frozen. Yeah, we're we're now we're back to six. So what people are now telling their agents again, these are what people are telling me is. Wow, rates are so much better, right? Because they don't remember four; they remember seven and a half. Yeah, short, and, short attention spans. <laughs> again, and then if rates don't like to your point, if rates average six, most people are going to get something with a five because they'll pay points or get a rate buy down, and some people will pay it to get into fours. You get a four handle on a thirty-year mortgage rate today, you're going to feel like you won the lottery because yeah. they were seven and a half. It's all and consumer psychology kind of conversation before where the best thing to, you know, to get people uh, happy about 5% mortgage rates was to get to see 7%. Exactly. Six. And it's here. Yeah. Uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. There's a psychology part of it here too, which is, um, and a part of the psychology element, which, which psychology element was going to kind of break first. Um, if there was a view that home prices were falling very fast. And that was starting in some of these markets, Phoenix, Austin, et cetera. Sure. There's a psychology element there and people can back off even more because they're like, oh, it's a, a falling Correct. knife. Correct. But if that psychology got, uh, if the psychology of mortgage rates falling happened before that, uh, that kind of changes things because then it's like, oh, we've already gone past peak mortgage rates. Mm -hmm. mortgage rates are going to continue to come down. And if you're a seller in some of these markets where prices have moved down, and now you're seeing that mortgage rates are moved down, you might go and say, you know what? I want to wait for a more normalized market. I see that mortgage rates are falling. I'm going to wait a little longer. Let's see where yeah. these mortgage rates go to. Because the, in their mind, they might be thinking that this price hit is kind of a temporary thing because mm -hmm. mortgage rates just went so high so fast. Yeah. Um, so there can be that psychology effect to supply too, if mortgage yeah, rates. No, no question, you're right. Um, and there, you know, at the same time, there could have been that psychology and there might be in some parts of the country where mm -hmm. price is moving down. I'm a buyer, I'm at, I'm just waiting it out. Um, yeah, yeah so and if, if you, if, yeah. So if you take this demand curve, which I think again, just looking at mortgage rates being down, roughly speaking, a point and a half, that it's all about the marginal buyer, right? How many marginal buyers that used to get a no answer at seven and a quarter get a yes answer at five and a half? And yeah. the answer is a lot, a lot, right? It's just math. And then you could go to, hey, what is their risk aversion? That's a fair conversation. Lots of recession talk, all of that. Uh, but I think most people are like, hey, jobs are plentiful. Unemployment claims for the week got reported today, 190. Expectation was 215. Unemployment rates three and a half, not three, seven, right? all of these things. So if you're in tech, you're probably feeling it, right? Amazon layoff, Meta layoff, but that's not the country. Yeah. And I think the average consumer is feeling good. I think prices um, are, are are flat or boring. And, and I think demand's going to shock people. And I actually put this out in a tweet the other day and I copied you on it because I wanted you to see it. 
that uh, I can't wait for John Burns to change their 22% housing crash call to negative 10% because I think that this demand is going to come back in Q1 and cause the best of the best, which I call John Burns, uh, to revisit their analysis and say, things have changed. The inputs have changed. Uh, I don't know if you saw that tweet, but I did. I did. At yeah. You. And I, I think the thing that would be most likely to see revisions on price is mortgage rates. Uh, exactly. If it becomes very clear that financial markets are going to loosen and that this isn't a plus six year percent for mortgage rates, that would uh, change things. Although with Realtor.com, I don't know because they had a 7.4% mortgage rate and then yeah. prices going up almost 6%. So. I, yeah, I saw that in your wonderful fortune article. It was I, I was like, how could those two things work together? Yeah. You know, sometimes I like things like that. Um, and I liked also putting all of those together because it shows the truth, which is that no one really knows. Um, oh, no, no. And, We're all uh, guessing. You know, and so if there... You know, before I started doing all of these forecasts, there used to just be a couple that would get covered by some outlets. Sure. A lot of times they were like standalone. And so me doing all of them, I hope, has added some value in watering all of them down. Um, oh, yeah. I, I would hope. Um, yeah. So I think on the psychology part, there's three psychology uh, categories in my mind. There's the price one, right? Where, mm -hmm. where price is going. Mm -hmm. uh, there's the interest rate one, and then there's the economy one. And in terms of housing activity, you've seen two of those move in a favorable place, which is recession fears may be easing. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, they seem to be, yeah, at least at the margin. Easing. Um, and then the price one, um, I don't know. There's still some of the negative negativity uh, in headlines, obviously on YouTube. You know, you're one oh, of the yeah optimistic, but you know, you go on YouTube and see anything about housing. Uh, it's crash, crash, crash. Uh, although well, the, the, yeah, you know, if it, if it bleeds, it leads crash, you know, crash, you put crash in a title on YouTube, uh, you're going to get 10 X the number of views. And these people, these people live in their mom's basement and you know, they, they live their life on YouTube revenue. So they're just going to feed the algorithm with crazy headlines. It's just how it works. And, and, you know, if, and and there is, uh, you know, the fact that we are seeing for the first time in a decade, residential real estate across the globe in some markets move down. Oh, um, like Canada. I don't know if you've looked at Canada yeah. much. Man, that's a bad structure. Woo, that's yeah. not good. And, uh, and so there are things to be covered there. And in the U.S. on the West Coast in some of these markets, San Francisco, Phoenix, Ooh, and San there Francisco. are, uh, you know, but there is also Louisville and uh, there's... Uh, you know, Miami and Philadelphia yeah. places that are, you know, actually, if you pull it back from when mortgage rates started to move up, they're actually seeing their prices move up and they're yeah. still at their price. Yeah. Um, and so, that, yeah, there's just been a lot that's gone on there. That's why I, I, I like the headline that I had uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is the home price correction or in parentheses, the lack of correction as told mm -hmm. by two charts or something like that. Uh, because, yeah. you know, there is some type of correction going on in residential real estate, but it's not felt in every market and it's not felt at every price level and yeah. it's not felt at every type of home. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about here, you we, we both referenced 1981. Um, I believe you've looked at it at least in some detail. Do you want to kind of summarize what 1981 was? Because it stands out as 
different than maybe what people expect? Yeah. So 1981 is later in an inflationary run that started in the 1970s. Mm -hmm. And I just like today, where there's this huge debate about what actually spurred inflation, they still don't exactly know, <laughs> even today. Uh, economists yeah. still have a lot of debate. Energy shocks and all of that. Uh, you know, the, the, the amount of money spent at the end of the Vietnam War and all of these different theories. But inflation was running. And there were times in the 70s where the Fed went after inflation with a rate hiking cycle mm -hmm. and they backed off too early and inflation right. came back, is the belief. Um, mm -hmm. And 1981 uh, is when Paul Volcker was like, F it, I'm done messing around. And yeah. uh, the federal funds rate went close to 20, mortgage rates 18%. And uh, it, it pushed the economy into a very sharp recession. Mm -hmm. And housing really pushed, pulled the whole economy into that sharp recession. I think housing starts were down like 40%. And uh, a lot of very bearish stuff on housing. I've shared articles. The New York Times uh, had a piece that, you know, the housing, the crash is here, talking about mm -hmm. housing. The housing market yeah. is uh, and prices were more uh, resilient. Um, uh, you know, I'm sure if we had good regional data or if I saw it, I'm sure there's some pockets of the country that were down, uh, but we still kind of moved up. A, a yeah. Yeah. Point. My recollection from 1981, and again, I've gone back and studied every year back to 1970, is uh, interest rates went up about 450 basis points. So much like today, although they started at a higher point, right? So this is the second time the Fed has raised over 400 basis. However, this time is the largest percentage, right? Let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, housing starts, like you, roughly speaking, down 50%. Transactions down 50%. But home prices, at least on a nominal basis, up. And that is something I've been sharing with folks for more than a year about why I think where where I think all this because housing is just more price inelastic than people expect, and um, you can kill the Fed can kill transactions, and they've done it again, but they really can't go after price at least in the short term. They can if they stay long enough, but it's not a short term V shaped crash like everybody wants. Yep. What I'm seeing in the data is, I think this is kind of going to fall into a little bit of its own category, Okay. Um, where I think some markets are going to be closer to that 1981, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I think there are other markets that won't. Um, and I kind of look at the places already down double digits uh, from their peak. Sure. And I, you know, and so I, already we've seen that there's some markets that have kind of deviated from that. And we've seen small national drops in the case Shiller. Uh, yep. But those markets are uh, very concentrated with iBuyers. Exactly. Uh, they, they got significantly overheated during the pandemic housing boom. Uh, there's not much existing inventory in those places. It got to literally the bottom of the barrel. And so there was just this really overheated markets where prices ran up really fast. And they have a higher concentration of builders in those places. And uh, builders are very different from existing home sellers. And they're You're more right. 
to cut down, although they would prefer to do it through rate buy downs and not actual prices, but they are doing in prices and we'll probably see more of that in the next six months. Uh, according to the places like Zonda that uh, work with the builders. And so I, I think there's a different story. And I think the reason this kind of falls into its own category, obviously this isn't the 05, 06, 07, 08 through 12 type story, but I think it's its own unique story. And if okay. I had to summarize it in one line, it's you know the pandemic housing boom and then a historic mortgage rate shock. And so- yeah. I agree with that. Vulnerable in different ways and in different markets. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, what is the data showing us? And what the data is showing us is that it looks like mortgage rates have peaked. Supply is still very tight. And a lot of markets east of the Mississippi haven't come off their peaks. Yeah. Well, Lance, you are all things housing for Fortune, and you have a wonderful Twitter handle. Where can people follow you and say thank you for uh, coming on One Rental at a Time? Yeah, they can find me at News Lambert. And uh, right back at you. I think you do a great job on this uh, podcast. I think you have uh, a really good guest on and good content. And also, if anybody wants to read my work, they can find me at Lance Lambert Fortune in Google, and I'll be the first thing that pops up. There you go. Folks, do me a favor. Go on Twitter. uh, Send him a quick tweet thanking him for coming on weekly with one rental at a time because he does not have to do this, but he gives us uh, about an hour each week. So, Lance, we all appreciate you. Thanks, buddy.